This is a Broadway show uncut, the place where we have conversations with Broadway's biggest stars, stars like Billy Porter. He's an icon for about a dozen different reasons. Acting, activism, fashion, music, you name it, and much more. Plus, he's three quarters of the way to EGOT status with an Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony. And now Billy Porter is coming soon to a city near you. He's setting out on a pop concert tour in support of his new record. It's the Black Mona Lisa Tour, Volume 1. Here's Paul Wontorek chatting with Billy. Billy, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you too, Skinny Minnie. <laughs> you too. <laughs> well, you know. Here's the thing I love about the rise of Billy Porter, okay, who I've me. known forever. Yes. But what I love about it is I never know what you're going to announce next. <laughs> You, you've done so many incredible projects oh, thank in the you. last five years. Yes. I mean, it's insane. But right now, we have a new album. Yes, we do. And we have a tour. We have a big old 25-city tour, yes. And you're bringing it to the children, aren't you? I am bringing it to the children. <laughs> I am bringing uh, the Black Mona Lisa tour, volume one. Why Black Mona Lisa? Okay, so Black Mona Lisa is the name of my full album right and this album is really special to me because i wrote it all um and i've worked with some of the best people in uh the pop music industry justin tranter being one of them the late great andrea martin and uh mnek not the actress andrea martin the black songwriter andrea martin she wrote uh for in vogue she wrote Hold on for in vogue and show me like all, mm-hmm. all that said. Anyway, why Black Mona Lisa? Because it's the name of the album. Right. And it was great when we were working on it because, you know, we would sit and we would talk a lot. And I was telling people about the life and what I wanted to say. And sort of Black Mona Lisa just appeared for some reason. And we were like, wait, that's a thing. And so it has emerged into this idea of the classic while simultaneously the future Mm -hmm. at the same time. All of those things happening at the same time. I am classic Mm -hmm. and I am the future at the same time. So that's sort of what I'm trying to say with it. And your show sounds like you will be honoring the past and the future. Yes, it's gonna be a retrospective of my life and career. What I find uh, funny and ironic is for the first 25 years of my career, I was trying to convince people that I was a real serious actor. Right. And now, you know, I read comments like, oh, I didn't know Pray Tell could sing. Yeah, he can. You know, what's interesting about our world is that so often our minds can only receive one thing at a time. Right. Right. And so I'm so multi-hyphenated and I exist in so many different creative spaces. And very often they don't speak to each other. You know, and so what I find is that all of my audiences, you know, from film and television to the Broadway audience, to the recording audience, to the activism audience, to the fashion audience, they're all separate. Mm. And they don't speak to each other. Right. And so my hope with this tour and this new album, since we all know music is the universal language, is that I can bring all of these audiences together mm-hmm. and on this tour embrace everybody with a big hug and we can just fellowship and celebrate life and love and joy and hope. I'm so excited to go out into the world to be able to 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 spread 
this message and to minister to people. Well, I'm not trying to take ownership over you, but I think Broadway hugged you first. Yes, of and, course. And did, right? I, li- this, listen, this, that, that happened during Kinky listen, Boots. Listen, of, of course. So let's let's actually get this down. Absolutely. So Kinky Boots got you your T, your, your T and your G. My T and my G. Your T yes. and your G. And then <laughs> yes. Pray Tell and Pose got you your E. My E. And the O is TBD. And the O is TBD. <laughs> and the Walk of Fame, all of How about it got. That? It got, it's it's the culmination, darling. But you, I mean, you've d- directed films. Yes. You've directed musicals. Yes. You've written a book, a fantastic book, a by play, the way. A play, a musical. You a know, pl- I mean, you've been doing. Yeah, I, do, I, I do it all. Do you feel like you uh, have agency over your career? Does it, does it feel different now? It feels very much to me like you're able to sort of pick what you want to do next and you're able to really sort of do all the things. The short answer to that is yes, uh-huh. absolutely. The longer answer is within reason. Sure. Every time I go into a new space, for instance, I started my new production company, mm-hmm. Incognito, it's called, Love by it. the way. <laughs> and learning how to pitch a TV show, how to pitch a movie, yeah. what those worlds are, like it's really different and really like I'm, it's almost brand new and I'm in the room because of who I am and I got some proving to do. It's always um, an evolution mm-hmm. um, and it's exciting to be where I am and yeah, I can't pick and choose these days a bit. But it's nice because the evolution now, people care. They're paying attention to all, right? Yes. Yeah. They pay attention. They care when I speak. People listen. And I can be quieter now. (laughs) Although I don't know that I'm doing that. I don't know that I'm succeeding at being quiet. You've gotten really personal about your life. I mean, you've really opened opened the doors to your life. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of know it all about, you wrote a beautiful book, like I mentioned. When you are black and queer, do you feel like there's an extra weight to the decisions? Or do you kind of just have to be yourself? And I don't really think about it like that. Yeah. Through the evolution of my life, me standing in my truth and being authentic was over time. Yeah. You know, and... I failed as somebody else a lot Mm. before I chose myself. You know, I was told my queerness would be my liability from, you know, allies and haters alike. Mm. And it was for decades until it wasn't. And that happened because I chose myself, Mm. because I found what that authenticity actually looked like. You got to live a little bit to figure out what that even means. You know, it's like, it takes some time. At 53, I feel really grounded. Mm -hmm. And I feel really ready for any of it. And being an open book and being transparent is a part of the journey. If you want to connect with people, you must. If you don't want to be just a surfacey kind of, you know, whatever, you got to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. It took me some time to understand that and learn that. I just want to remind you that in your book, you say that the original dream, just to remind you of the original dreams. I know that I feel like you've been dreaming a lot of dreams. Yes. The original dream was take Broadway by storm. Yes. We did that. Uh-huh. Win a Tony. Uh-huh. And then do a sitcom like Nell Carter got after she did a So maybe uh, give me a and break be, reboot. And be the male Whitney Houston. 
Oh, and that. Because that was the music well, of part. of course, the music. The, the so music as thing. you can see, as a child, I was already multi-hyphenated before yeah, I even absolutely. knew what the word meant. Do you know when the, I love, actually, the most telling thing was what I learned when you were a kid doing theater. <laughs> what? What did I do? They would double cast every role. Oh, yeah. Except for whatever role you got. Yes, in middle school. nobody, they're, they're, there's not another Billy Porter. <laughs> that that was to the, me was so telling. That was the moment when I realized that... I had power, that my art and my talent was my power, my yeah. gift was my power. Mm. You know, because up until that time, I was bullied incessantly every single day. And then in the fifth grade, I sang in the talent show, and the bullying stopped. Mm. You know, and it was like, oh, I, okay, there's some power in this, and I want to figure out how to use that for the rest of my life. Take me back to December 27th, 1990. Mm -hmm. That was the day you, you came to New York yes. to, to do a Broadway show. You yes. came to New York. I love the idea of Broadway <laughs> being sort of your, your, it really was your passageway to a new life. Yes, yes. My childhood was very traumatic and I was just trying to get out. Yeah. And I was at Carnegie Mellon and I was trying to leave there early and a couple of things had happened. And by the time I got to senior year, it was like the whole Saigon situation mm -hmm. was going on and I had auditioned and I had several callbacks and I booked the show and at the final callback, I said, if I book this show, I will never ride a Greyhound bus again. And I booked the show and I haven't been on a Greyhound bus since. And the December 27th was the day that I got on my last Greyhound bus and I moved to New York to begin rehearsals for the original cast of Miss Saigon on January 11th, 1991. Now, I'm getting back on a bus for this Black Mona Lisa tour. Oh. <laughs> now see, it's not a Greyhound bus, she a rock and roll bus. I didn't you say I wouldn't get on any bus. bus. Oh, it's a rock and roll bus, the bunk beds and the, the packed lounge. It? Oh no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> We're renting an already built bus. Wow, okay. I, there's, it's gonna take me some time to build my own, but that's coming. I love that. <laughs> so you are getting back on a bus, but it's, I am getting but on it's a bus. different, it's a little different. It's on my own terms. On your terms, no Greyhound with the smelly bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about, where does um, Broadway fit? I know you, you're still a theater person. You, always. You will always be always a Broadway person. Can you imagine yourself doing another Broadway show now? Absolutely. What, what kind of thing do you think would get your attention? First of all, it all needs to mean something. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it needs to mean something and it needs to be putting the right kind of energy out into the world. It needs to be intentional. Yep. If it's a musical, it's a musical. If it's a play, I would really enjoy that. I've also been writing and I wrote a gospel musical with, you know, contemporary Grammy award winning gospel artist, um, Kurt Carr, and I'm trying to sort of get that moving too. So there are many different sort of angles for me to come back. Um, I would love to come back as a, as a performing artist. It just has to be the right thing. What was that moment like? The, I know Kinky Boots was a beast of a show. Yes. That, that was a, a bear, a beast. Yes. Any, any big animal you want to use to describe mm -hmm. it. it. It was a big gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it led to that Tony, which yeah. was exciting. It led to the Sardis caricature. Yeah. How do you look back on that period of your life specifically? 
I look back on it as this whole period from, from actually Angels in America revival mm -hmm. in 2010 all the way up to now as redemptive, mm -hmm. as redemption. On paper, I wasn't supposed to be here like this. I wasn't supposed to be here. And there were a lot of people, you know, who gave up on me mm. or put a limit on what I could do because of who I am. I feel redeemed. Ain't no glass ceiling, ain't no limit, no kind of limit. And I'm talking about age too, I'm talking about race, I'm talking about gender, I'm talking about all of it. There is no limit. When you believe in yourself, when we can learn how to love ourselves first, then we teach everybody else how to treat us and love us back. That was the shift for me. That was the change. I learned how to do that. And here I sit. I love it. I love all of it. I love seeing what you do next. I love being wowed by the next surprise announcement <laughs> and not know like, what's he up to now? What is Billy going to do next? It's amazing. Thank you. And that's not even mentioning the outfit. So what's, he, what's Billy going to wear? What's she going to wear? <laughs> I love it all. Whatever I want. Whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> I have one extra bonus question. Yes. Can you tell me your proudest onstage moment as an out queer performer? on Broadway? It's a combination of Angels and Kinky Boots. Mm. Angels in America was the play I saw in 1994 by myself that changed the trajectory of my life because I finally saw a representation of myself mm. on stage as a black queer man who was fabulous and serious at the same time. Not just a coon, not just a clown, a real human being. So 20 years later, I was cast in that. And then right after that was Kinky Boots. And so to be able to be out, loud and proud in two roles, dare I say probably two of the only roles up until that point that existed anywhere for a black gay character. Mm -hmm. The fact that I got to inhabit both of those roles is a wonder of my life. Can you imagine Pose as a musical? Uh, yeah, I could. Yeah. I could imagine it as a musical. Uh -huh. It sings. It sings. Yeah, it does. I think it, it really sings. sings. I mean, you're a director, you're a it writer. It really sings. Yeah. You know, it, yes, I could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you're trying to plant a seed. <laughs> no, I was just wondering, it was in my head. I don't know, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I'm gonna work on this gospel musical. It's called Sanctuary, so. You know, sanctuary. All the producers who are watching this, get your checkbooks out. Sanctuary. She ain't gonna be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> when is she ever? <laughs> That's gonna do it for this week's episode. Until next time, this is the Broadway Show Uncut.